Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the expansion project. Um, we have a very super special guest today in uh, Ashley Kalis, the yes. Republican candidate for governor of Rhode Island. Woo! Um, how exciting. I said that. And I can't believe I said it. That's crazy. I can't believe it either, Alex. <laughs> so we are crazy excited. So we are going to uh, just um, you know show you that interview in a minute. But before we do that, we just want to do some housekeeping. Steph, if you want to start. Yes, I would like to promote our email. Email. Our email. We really appreciate those of you who have emailed us. And yes, we have received emails, mm-hmm. if that's what you're thinking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been super cool to read those emails, to also laugh. So thank you for those who make us laugh. Yes. Um, but you can email us at expansionpodcastgtcc at gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nailed it. I just need to keep having more caffeine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. but email us with any questions um any feedback or mm. any topics that you would like us to talk about we just we want to hear from you we want to hear from you we appreciate us. you so yes, you know this is all for you yep. um you know we're just the vessels being used but email yeah. us and um you know we're excited. Yeah, for sure. And uh, lastly, just want to do one more plug for the Apple uh, podcast ratings. So leave us a five-star review. We, it, it helps us out, you know, helps us to uh, be a little more visible. Um, and uh, if you leave us a five-star review, you write something and you want us to give you a shout out, we will totally do that. So, um, yeah, we're looking for those reviews. Drop them. Uh, we, ha- we, we have quite a few anonymous reviews at the moment and so we love you thank you for um believing in us and believing in the podcast so keep them coming and uh if you want the shout out uh drop something in the in the comments and we will we will shout it out for real yeah uh yeah so without further ado oh one more thing um so ashley will be talking in a bit uh, just about her platform everything that she's about everything that she's doing it's amazing stuff for real um and if you want to learn more, uh, maybe maybe you have a question that wasn't answered uh, in this interview, uh, check her out, ashleykalis.com. That is Ashley, K-A-L-U-S.com to yeah. see what she is fighting for, what she believes in, what she's doing, um, and, and then make a decision. Um, election day is coming up very soon, so we want to give you all the information uh, you need to make your choice. So um and yeah go vote yeah go vote it's very real. important yeah whoever you vote for go vote go just vote go go just, do the thing yep <laughs> so uh i think that's it right that's it all right let's begin yes let's begin the interview enjoy yes bye <laughs> <laughs> just test your mic just uh talk into it just yeah you know. can you hear me I don't know uh, how, I don't know, is yeah. it, how do no, I know no, it's yeah, working? Yeah, that's fine, because right, I'm going right. to go check on it in a second. Okay, perfect. But, yeah, yeah, just talk into it, and then you talk into I'm it. I'm here, I'm talking, check one, I'll two. just say words. Hello? I <laughs> know, uh, that's, I think that, I was doing the debate, and they were like, do something. I was like, what do you want <laughs> me to do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you want me to do? And make sure it's working. my ABCs, would you like? I did I did actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then the governor was supposed to do it, and then he had to do it backwards. He was like, ten, nine. I was like, you could do what I did. Okay. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Expansion Project with Alex Oradola and Stephanie Chenis. Listen and process life with us. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Expansion Project. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's uh, me and Steph, Steph and me. And uh, it's kind of crazy, but we have another guest but not just any guest we have actually a really super special guest um, we're super excited <laughs> we're super excited for this one so um welcoming to the show ashley Kalis. hello ashley hello thank you for having me i really appreciate uh you having me in today yeah yeah thank you for coming this was a very just kind of a surprise for us yeah. you know just to to have somebody of your status stop by and say hi and just uh, stop on the show. So thank you. Yeah, thank you we for, appreciate for you. being here. <laughs> thank you. We thank do. you for having me. Should be a surprise. You should deserve that. You know, um, a governor, especially in a small state like Rhode Island, is someone that can be responsive and should want to talk to as many people as possible mm, yeah. and um, be ready to answer questions. So That's I great. think that it should be expected from uh, your, you know, those running for political office, but those also that are elected. So I'm happy to be here okay. and Thank I will you. come back when I'm governor as well. Yes. Yes. Doing there there okay. you go. I, I love it. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, we're, um, we're excited yes. to have you here. Yes. And, you know, it's just so when I was thinking about today, it's just so nice to have literally a fresh pair of eyes come in and want to help this state. Yeah. You know, Alex and I, we live here in Rhode Island. I've lived here my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. So it's so nice for me personally to have someone just want to come in and help yeah. and love the people. Mm. And that's. That's beautiful, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love Rhode Island. Um, I have always, you know, been honest that I wasn't born and raised here. I wasn't lucky enough to be born and raised here. Yeah. You, uh, as a child, you don't get to choose uh, no. where you're born or yeah. where you're raised. That's something that, that generally your family does. And often families don't really get to choose where they live just based on economic conditions and life things that, that happen. Right. So I, I was born in San Diego and my mom uh, was divorced by the time I was five. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things she really tried to uh to make a good life for us the first thing that she did she started a business the first thing that she did when she had any um sort of money or ability to to help um, us is move us to a place with an excellent public school uh, system because mm -hmm. she knew that education is the way that you access opportunity and I say I, I broke my mom's heart a million times because I wasn't even though she tried I wasn't a great uh, student in high school. We moved to the South Shore of Massachusetts. So just, you know, just across the border, I am yeah. not yeah. raised from very far away. Yeah. It makes it seem like I came from, no. you know, from a different place. It's like, no, just right over there. Yeah, <laughs> literally right exactly, there. Exactly. Just literally right there. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, I didn't do well in high school. And uh, it was during the 1990s in Massachusetts during education reform. And what it took to get education reform done in Massachusetts was a Republican governor was elected for the first time in 20 years, and he was able to get a deal done on schools. And I benefited from that because as I was a failing student in high school, mm. it often just takes one person to, to um, take a chance on you. Maybe multiple times, but when you're yeah. ready, you're yeah. ready for that, yeah. for that person. And I was sent to 
college during high school, which is not generally what you do with a kid who's not doing well in high school. You don't say, oh, why don't you go to college? Uh, But that version of school choice, which is really what it was, because not every type of school setting is for every type of student. And traditional high school wasn't working for me. So Mm. someone took a chance on me, sent me to UMass Boston, and I did really well. Mm. And that, that really saved my future. And so I always keep that in mind when I'm, you know, talking about education and why it is so important and why we need different types of education. Mm. I, my path crossed with my husband, uh, in Rhode Island. He was training at Brown. He, I was at Hasbro, Rhode Island hospital. I say, if you had a skin cancer, um, in the 1990s, early thousands on your face, or had a child with a cleft lip or palate, if you check your chart, my husband's name might've been on that chart. Yeah. And, um, it was, you know, we, we've always loved Rhode Island, yeah. but in 2008, 2009, um, I sort of feel it in the atmosphere again, which is a little bit eerie for me in terms of what a recession feels like. Mm-hmm. I remember that I was much younger and um, we were in about 10% unemployment in Rhode Island at that time. Mm. And my husband is the son of a Holocaust survivor. We both mm. uh, didn't have the ability to move back to mom's house if our business didn't work or didn't really have that safety net. Right. So... Uh, during that time period, we we realized we couldn't stay in Rhode Island. So we left and we went to Chicago for opportunity and to, and to a place where we thought we had a better shot of making it. We always said that we would come back uh, if we were able to. And, you know, I think COVID for a lot of folks, it was a hard time, but it was sort of a great realignment, especially mm-hmm. for individuals my age. I'm, I turned 40 this year yeah. and I have three uh, small kids. Well, they're not that small anymore. I'm looking at these <laughs> chairs and I don't, folks can't see the room, but we're in this room with these adorable chairs for like toddlers and you yeah. walk in and I'm at the point with my kids where, I, where I'm nostalgic for their oh. chairs because we've already given those chairs yeah. in my house away to another family that, that could use just, it because I have big kids right. now. Just for a bit of context, we are currently, um, so <laughs> we've kind of teased our studio location in the past jokingly, but we are in the pre-K room of our church yep. and uh, all around us are just like kids' toys and these uh colorful kids chairs on the table and so yeah i feel that yeah which <laughs> reminds me like sometimes i'll yeah. say oh my baby and people will say how yeah. old is your baby i'll say uh seven right. <laughs> and so i am um, i yeah. am a 12 year old a 10 year old and a seven year old yeah. wow and you know the reality was if we didn't make a, a change and do what we said we were going to do which was to go back home to, to new england yeah. my husband never he's from the bronx originally so he didn't understand wow. a new englander That's cannot cool. be mm-hmm. away from new england <laughs> um i tried for him you know but the lake is not the ocean and a new englander is not happy if they're not back <laughs> home so we had our kids and covid was happening and i said if we're not going to raise our kids where we want to raise them it's just never going to happen for right. us i got involved in the covid response because i have a medical background the business that we built was um, a, a medical, multi-specialty medical practice with operating rooms, the equivalent of a small hospital. Wow. So in that time of need in the country, and I know that it feels like a long time ago because that was just a long period for everybody, mm. um, I got involved in the response. And at the end of it, I said, you know, I, I'm not at the end of it. What would have been two years of me working on large-scale uh, COVID operations and contracts, I said, I just want to have our family together and I want to go back home. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So took one last contract in Rhode Island when I was back home 
And so my family was here and I said, I'm going to help with vaccine because Rhode Island was struggling. Um, Ironically, Dan McKee took office. One of the first things he did is hire me. Um, I'm running against Dan McKee. That's the only good decision he's ever made is hiring me to help him with with vaccine. And I worked, I had a great relationship with the National Guard. They are excellent. They were just excellent to work with on vaccine and started that and then got into testing. You know, and when I was back, home with my family and given up a lot to come back home because there was no easy way to transfer our business. We had to really shut it down because there wasn't, that was the the life choice is we want to raise our children where we want to raise them, how we want to raise them. And like everything in life, there's often sacrifices when you do that. So, true. so I'm on my last uh, contract to, you know, to help um, home state and, you know, do what I was going to do because the healthcare providers were tired at that point. I was tired. And what I saw was a government that didn't serve the people. Mm. And I also saw that the problems that existed in Rhode Island when I'd left were still, um, were still here. And those problems were um, decisions. Because we have big problems as a state, but we are a small state, and there's nothing structural about our problems mm. that make it that they need to be that right. way. It is a matter of leadership. And so, you know, there was another decision point in life, right? Like I've now with my kids, we're going to have the life that we said we were always going to have back in Rhode Island. And I could um, be upset by the fact that this is not a broad-based economy that works for everyone in Rhode Island. Um, Be upset that um, we have an education system that is failing kids, trapping children in failing schools. Mm. So I could be upset and do nothing. Or I could get involved. And I think you know the end of the story because I'm running for governor. Um, (laughs) But that that is sort of how I, you know, uh, came to Rhode Island, had to leave Rhode Island. And and we're the fourth highest for college graduates that leave. My story of having to leave Rhode Island is not a unique story, unfortunately. I'd like to stop that story, make it so that my kids um, in 10 years aren't going to look at me and say, Mom, I love you, but there's so much more for me in New York or Boston. I got to go. Right. And as a parent, you don't want your children, when you give everything to them, the last thing you want them to do is make a trade um, of opportunity or what their life could be or what their dreams are right. to stay with you. Like it's yeah. almost part of your job as a parent to say, no, go, I'll be fine. Yeah. But I don't want that. And in Rhode Island, it's unnecessary trade because we have everything in the state. Yeah. And that was another thing that gets me so frustrated is, is if we were in a state that didn't have everything, I would understand as a parent being like, go to the big city, right? Go. Right. Um, but that's unnecessary. Mm. That is because we have failed to build the economy that we could have here and to build the education system that we could have here. Right. And so if we make some changes specifically in leadership and it all starts at the top of the governor's office, then we can change the trajectory of the state so that my um, kids won't come to me um, with that, you know, the same, that same conversation that a lot of parents and grandparents are hearing now. Mm. Right. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Long story, but that's the story of my life. That's amazing. (laughs) I, um, especially resonate with, um, just what you're talking about school, you know, your, your, your mission for the school system. Um, I actually also struggled in high school very yeah. badly and, uh, barely made it out, barely graduated. And, um, I distinctly remember a moment in my junior year, um, where I was, I'm, I'm, you know, I do music, uh, just a lot. Like that's yeah. like my life now it's in my DNA. And, um, but at the time I just didn't feel confident at all to do it. I'm like, well, th- that's for other people. Um, I remember a specific moment in junior year when I took a class called music tech and it was a very just kind of just 
not conventional class at all. And I took it not really expecting much, but I realized, you know, when I went into a class that really was targeted for me, um, that I locked in in a way that I didn't know I could. I thought Mm -hmm. the school was just so far out of my my mental headspace that I couldn't lock into a class or learn. Um, But I remember never focusing as much as I had in that class because it just kind of gripped me. Um, And I understand how important it is to not just accept school for what it is. If it can be better, if it can be better targeted to students, um, you really can have something like that click in any student's brain, even me, you know, and I was, I was struggling so hard to realize, oh, it's just kind of the way that it's, it's packaged and presented to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a real eye-opening moment. Um, so to hear that from you, to hear that your, your mission is to kind of just not accept things the way that they are. Um, yeah. that, that touches me in my core and I'm a youth pastor too. So it's like, I want that for my students too. Right. Yeah. I want them to be passionate about learning. Um, and it, yeah, it's, 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 it's not outside of our grasp. It's possible, yeah. you know? Um, we just need more options for, for yeah. kids. Cause you never know, um, what is going, yeah, even as a, as a teenager, you might not know what's going to engage you, what's going to make you passionate. But right. if we have more uh, opportunities available where mm. you can try something and then get into a class and say, this is for me. Yeah. Then it makes all the other things easier too because you're like, well, I'll do the other parts of class if I get to do yes. this every right. day. Right. It makes everything more tolerable. Also, I would say if I, you know, there would have been no way for me to tell my 15 year old version of myself, it was so much easier. It's so much easier to follow the rules and to break them. Right? <laughs> if I could just, but there just, you just have to reach a point or have a certain, a certain person yeah. really, um, connect with you. Right. And it's multiple opportunities, um, over, um, certain years that make that difference. And we cannot give up on kids. We need to make sure that we provide that. And that is really why education is how you access opportunity. And there are different models of education. And it, the, a traditional model doesn't work for every every child. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you give up Never on the child. Right. You just find something that works better for them. That's so true. Yeah. So well, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's. I love your story. I hope that's inspired <laughs> to some of the kids you work with that are yeah. struggling. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard being um, in high school. and. It's um, finding a path where, cause when yeah. you're in the middle of it, you think, ah, oh, I don't know what's going to happen exactly to me. Right. That, yeah. And the stories yeah. of people who are role models like yourself that come out of it and you say, well, high school wasn't great for me either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that's helpful. Yeah. Well, that's inspiring to hear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, you know, I, I kind of wish that I had the perspective that I obviously like all of us as, as adults wish for that, that we have the perspective that we have now, looking back at school, our school years. and Yeah, we'd probably be great at high school now. The things oh that I thought matter don't oh, matter. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I'd be my happy being me. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, that, you know, that's the thing. But, you know, it's hard I to know. tell a kid because yeah. it really is a, when you're in it, it's, it's hard. Your it's world. so hard. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's so hard. Sometimes I wish I could go back in time and just shake myself by the shoulder and be like, stop. Believe me, me too. I'm sure my mom still feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. So. I love that. Um, all right. Maybe we can jump down to what are your long-term goals for the state of Rhode Island and what would you like to accomplish in your term? 
So I'd like to accomplish my long-term goals. Yeah, I'll tell you, you what go. those are. There you go. Um, so I really want to make sure that we reform education. Right. It is fundamental. It is a civil rights issue. It is also an economic issue for the state. And the path for reforming education in Rhode Island is, is really clear. We see study after study that says the same thing. So uh, RIPEC came out um, with a study that said, you know, we, the education system is in crisis and here are the steps yep. that matched my education policy steps. Almost, they almost mirrored each other. And that's like, because my education policy that I have on my website is, you know, is so um, forward thinking. It's because these are the steps that we've known for a long time need to happen. Right. We need more choice. Uh, we need to reform the funding um, formula because it's not, it's not fair or equitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to have high standards and accountability built into the system. And so, I really want to make sure that we do this long-term project of education reform for public schools in in Rhode Island. Massachusetts did it. It takes political will. It also takes a leader that will not give up in the middle and will stay the path. And that is having faith in the process, which Mm -hmm. is something that's necessary. And we haven't had that. We often start to deviate from a plan um, and the pandemic sort of got in the way, you know what I mean? Sure. That's, you know, some, some plans you just can't follow because stuff gets in there, right. but we really do need to follow it through. But I won't trade the future of an individual child for that long-term project that adults need to do. Education reform is going to take two terms for me, really doing the hard work. And they're going, there's going to be uh, times in which people think it's not working because right. it will take years. And so this, it is a long-term project, but telling a five-year-old that is trapped in a failing school, mm. I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait until middle school until the adults figure out figure it out is an unacceptable outcome. Yeah. So what I've said is um, that if your child is trapped in a failing or unsuitable school, you will have a public school of your choice mm. because mm. school choice is important to um, provide access to. And in Rhode Island right now, cities and towns allow it. Some do and some don't which means that the quality of your education is determined by your zip code. Right. And that's an unacceptable outcome. Yeah. It is an inequitable outcome. And um, you're picking winners or losers, uh, five-year-olds, right? Five-year-olds who have no control over their destiny. At five, right. I, you know, my parents were getting divorced. It was a mess. I didn't know. Like, I had no control of anything, of yeah. myself, even a five-year-old, right? Yeah. You can't tell a five-year-old that, that it's too bad you're in the wrong zip code. And so public school choice allows for that. And the reality is that we can't have school choice for some and not others. My children are in private schools because it's the best choice right now for my children. Mm -hmm. I am exercising school choice by putting my child in a private school. My mother exercised school choice by moving us to a place with a better public school system. So moving is another way to exercise school choice. But if you don't have enough money or you can't move, then you are denied school choice. And that is not an acceptable outcome in America. So that's why I believe that in the short term, we need uh, more models of school choice. And at the state level, we need to ensure that that is available. And a lot of, um, there's a lot of fear around it. But when we talk about that individual child, it's very clear what the right thing to do is, right? The adults Mm -hmm. um, and the worries of the adults should not impact the um, 
outcome for an individual child. And we can figure it out. Other states, by the way, other states figure it out, have figured it out for many, many years. Rhode Island is behind. We need to do that. The other thing we need to do is build a broad-based economy that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And as we are in a recession, that's what I'm saying, I can feel the recession in the air. Like, I'm like, it's a little bit like, oh my goodness, we're doing this again. It's, I'm I'm back in Rhode Island and now we're in a, you know, we're in a recession again. It's terrible. Uh, But in a recession, leadership matters. Uh, also somebody with a coherent economic policy plan. I'm an economist by training, so I'm sorry if I get too wonky on this whole no, thing. Um, but you don't, you know, I know, I'm sorry, but you know, I you're know. not going to get it for Dan McKee. And for me, that's terrifying yeah. is that you want somebody, I mean, especially in a time of economic crisis, you want a, a steady leader that is able to understand and articulate a clear policy plan to guide us through a tough time. Right. So in the immediate term, because we have to have short-term, medium-term, long-term, uh, in terms of what we need to do to build a broad-based economy. Right now, uh, we're in crisis mm-hmm. because it is unaffordable. It was it was not affordable to be in Rhode Island before, but now with inflation, a housing crisis, it is really, really difficult for families. So for immediate relief, we do a few things. We provide immediate relief means money back to families. And so what I've suggested is uh, we lower the income tax rates for those who make under $150,000 a year, mm-hmm. and we have no state income tax for those making under $50,000 a year. The reason for that is that it targets those who are most impacted by inflation, without having programs that are, you know, government programs are very bad at picking winners or losers, right? right. Even if we saw, I, I liked the um, child care tax credit that just came out, $250. I didn't like the timing right before the election because I know families were struggling during the summer and not sending kids to camps. Right. Um, also for back to school supplies. But I, but the, the thing with that is that was good if you had kids, but if you're a senior on a fixed income, the income levels may be the same and the struggles um, in terms of affordability are similar, but you didn't get relief. So providing tax relief, what you do is you say, we trust that people know how to spend their money best. The other thing I've suggested in the short term is to um, suspend the tax on electricity and roll back those rate hikes. Uh, And the reason that I would suggest doing that is that we had a 47% increase on electricity rates and there are emergency powers and I don't believe much in in government using emergency powers unless it's targeted yeah but this rate hike came after a private company purchased our electric company and promised not to raise rates and then the first thing they did was raise it 47 percent we need a leader that says no you're not going to do this um and the reason the rates went up were because of a supply um crisis. And we have a law that says the governor can get involved if there is a supply issue that causes rates to go up. So that would help families, small businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know, and our most vulnerable populations not have the impact at a time when food is is soaring in prices, all these other things are going on. And now you have an electricity rate. <laughs> right. We can stop that. The governor can stop that immediately. Um, and then, you know, electricity prices are, are, we're thinking they're going down next winter. So we can smooth that out, but you can roll back those hikes immediately. In the medium term, we need to take public money, which we have from the federal government after COVID, and use it for public projects because we need to protect Rhode Island in a time where the the economy may go... um, you know, it's we're going into recession. There's going to be less economic activity. So public projects are a great way to um, create economic activity. Mm -hmm. 
my issue right now, and I draw the contrast between the, the governors, I do not believe in using public money for private projects, which is what we see in the soccer stadium deal, which is what we see when we're building mm. um, a, the Superman. You know, Superman building has luxury yes. apartments. So we're taking public funds, over $100 million, putting it towards private projects. I want workers in Rhode Island to be building. I, I, mm. I agree with that. But they should be building with their with their hands, using their hands to build things for the future of their children, not mm. for private businesses. Right. And then in the long term, we need to reduce taxes, reduce regulation, and make Rhode Island a friendly uh, place for business. While we build, we have $250 million to build housing. I intend to build 10,000 units a year. Right. And so we have to have targets and we have to have a plan. What you see with me is, and I'm sorry if everybody's asleep now um, no. after going through <laughs> our economic no. plan. I know it's interesting to me, it's but that's important. what I studied in graduate school. <laughs> but we have a path forward that can protect us during yeah. this difficult time. But if you don't choose a governor that's able to um, articulate a plan and also stick to it and know that you have to do certain things in the short term, certain things in the medium term, and certain things in the long term, and do all those things together to make sure that we have a stronger economy when we come out of this recession, then Rhode Island is going to continue to be first in and last out of a recession, and we're not going to have change. So what I... My my goal is to really have Rhode Island achieve its potential. There is nothing holding us back except leadership. And so Rhode Island gets to decide, <laughs> sorry to, to wrap this up, but Rhode no, Island gets to decide this year on who is going to lead Rhode Island. And I would suggest that you vote for me as governor because <laughs> I will, um, I have the experience, I have the background, mm-hmm. and I have the vision to ensure that we reform education and make sure that Rhode Island is an affordable place to live, work, and raise a family. But governors mm-hmm. matter. We know it's that so governors true. matter now. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. And, you know, while you were talking, all on the word that just came to my mind was like safe. You're making this a safe place. Yeah. For for us, for everyone in Rhode Island. And that's what we need because we haven't had it for so long. And you're it's almost like you're helping bring us back to life again. I want to bring us together. And what you'll notice is that I'm not a particularly divisive person. Yeah. Um, and politics is sort of a divisive um place, which is unfortunate because we don't have political leaders right now that we can point to with a shared meaning, which is hard for the country. Right. And in a time where it's going to be difficult, um, as you know, through even with right, right, when you have churches, so you have somebody that brings people together. Right. Politically, it's, it's a different setting, um, but we do need political figures and leaders that are able to unify people because yeah. that allows us to get things done. And so I really... Do not want to be divisive. Yeah. This process is divisive. But I'll say after um, after we get through the election and I win, the next thing that I will do is I will work collaboratively with anyone who wants to work with me to get these things done. Yeah, and that's what we need in order to make change. That's so and that's true. what true leadership is. It is not sound bites on network TV. Right. It is someone who's willing to do the hard work and um, work with others in order to do that. And I believe that people are fundamentally good, which if you believe that, um, it really makes it so that you can meet with anyone and you're working towards a goal. It's so true. So I love it. Well, let's I'm do really this, right? Let's, let's, do it. let's do it. I wanted to do it together. <laughs> it, is, it is a community effort to get this done. Yes. But it is doable in Rhode Island. And it anybody is. who says it's not, um, I get it. It's been a long time since we've had leadership that is transformative in this state. Mm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not possible. I, I would say that um, we just need an outsider like myself to, to get it done. Right. So. 
And we we thank you and we appreciate what you're doing. And we have a, a legitimate fighter on our side. Yes, I, I was know. hoping we would get to this. Yeah. Fight. I'm sorry, oh, I, I did win the gold. I am a fighter. If you've seen the commercials, I, I won love the it. I won the Golden Gloves yeah. 2001 in Lowell, wow. a New England Golden Gloves. Um, and you know, boxing in terms of things that help you in life, that boxing was very stabilizing for me in a time, um, as a teenager where I was struggling, it was the discipline yeah. that I needed also the toughness that I needed. And it's, it's translated to uh, politics where you, that mental sort of toughness and the ability, um, to be the underdog, which right. I've been, but we're closing the gap and still keep on fighting. Yeah. It, it makes a difference. And I know that even as the underdog, underdogs often win because they're underestimated. Always. So yeah. always, always, I know everybody. <laughs> prefers when an underdog went. <laughs> yeah, I intend to do that. So oh, wow. I'm excited. Um yeah. one thing that our pastor always says is, you know, we fight for the underdogs. Yeah. And we see them rise to the occasion and they come out a champion. So I'm excited yeah. for this champion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um but we just really think and appreciate you so much for just taking the time even to come out to talk to us and just share your goals and your vision. We're excited for what is to come for Rhode Island. I'm excited about the future of Rhode Island. Let's do it together. Let's do it. Us too. So everyone listening, just a reminder, Mm. November 9th. November 9th. Right? 8th. Eight. Just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but but believe out. it or not, believe yeah. it or What's not, early voting starts. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. It's okay. Here's but early voting. This is why early voting starts today. Mm. Right. So uh, you can vote up to the eighth, mm-hmm. um, but you can you know start voting, um, but. Uh, on that night, I look forward to stopping uh, campaigning yeah. and starting to work towards uh, solving the problems of the state so that we can um, make sure that Rhode Island fulfills its potential. So Love thank it. you. Thank you, you Ashley. Thank you. We appreciate you. All right. I think that uh, that about wraps That's it up. It. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.